and welcome to episode 25 of the Story Not Forgotten podcast. We are brought to you by Capturing Legacies, because everyone has a story to tell, and it's time to tell yours. Visit CapturingLegacies.com to get started. My name is Liam Rathgaber, partner and anthologist with Capturing Legacies, as well as your host. And joining me today for a very special Valentine's Day edition of the podcast, two longtime friends of mine, uh, a couple of super geeky people, and I say that in the most affectionate way because I try to count myself among you, uh, fellow podcasters, Kyle and Mary Claire Gould. Thank you. Hi. Thanks, Hi. Thanks for joining us. I'm Marie Claire. I'm Kyle. I don't know if you could tell by our voices. Well, Maybe. You know, you never know. We don't want to assume. No, no, no assumptions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've been, uh, we've been together for 16 years uh, dating. We've known each other. 17 years. S- no. Yeah. No, because there was the two years before that. So 18. Because I, okay. I, was, I was 18 and I'll be 36 this year. Yeah, so, so it's not quite there yet. Yeah. Wow, well, 17 and a half years. <laughs> Long time, yeah. Yeah. And um we have done <laughs> we've done a variety of nerding together, geeking together. Um really our relationship started as a friendship though, which is really kind of special because we uh oh sorry, I'm looking at you, sorry. Um yeah, really our relationship started as a friendship. It started when I first went to university, um, the University of Calgary is where we met, but I had been bugged for a really long time by my dad, who also went to the University of Calgary and met my mom there to do all of the nerd related things that he was into when he went to school. So he actually was part of the gauntlet writing team. He edited for a while. He, um, you know, would do wargaming at the University of Calgary. So he went through the list of all of the major things that he wanted me to try out when I went to university. Well, he was he was like a, a, a geek demigod. He was old school. Like the ubermensch of, of nerds, <laughs> yes. Uh, he's, uh, he's known for writing role-playing games, publishing some board games, um, just generally being uh, a a well-known nerd in his own right. Um, and so he, he specifically bothered, uh, made a point of when I would talk to him weekly on the phone, kind of just checking in, oh, have you gone to Speaker's Corner on Thursday to check out the uh, Speech and Debate Society as they do their free, you know, g- getting up on the soapbox and actually telling their own stories. And he would call this out to me and make sure that I would, uh, you know, think about it at least. I'm like, I don't know if I can fit it in. I'm kind of going between classes, but I'll try. So it was late September and I'd been at school a couple of weeks. I'd already checked out the gauntlet, um, you know, decided I was going to write an article or two about comics and reviewing comics. Um, And I show up... And why this is significant is because my dad made a point of saying, oh, Speaker's Corner is just right by where I met your mom. And at the time, 
the old UFC bookstore was right now where uh, the new Mac Hall expansion, where that giant concert uh, venue is, mm-hmm. it used to be there. And, and at the time when um, I was going to school, it was actually the security office. So it was just this like little hole in the wall uh, next to the speaker's corner, which led into the regular Mac Hall or the old Mac Hall, which um, there was a spiral staircase and I think it's still there. Um, not spiral, but like square uh, that went up yep. all the way to the third floor uh, where the gauntlet offices are. Yeah, that's still there. Now, and for uh, for listeners from out of town and out of country, Mac Hall is the, uh, the student association building at yeah. the University of Calgary. Yeah, and it's where all the clubs were or they hung out um, and now they still do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I show up and knowing that, you know, this history, this is where my parents met. Um, this is where they, you know, first started to, to see each other, although they had known about each other from mutual friends and acquaintances. And I show up and there's this um, handsome guy who steps up and starts ranting his head off about, I honestly don't really remember <laughs> what you were talking about, but... Oh, it was me? Yeah, it was oh. you. Yeah, you, I thought you, you said it was a handsome person. I was like, oh, I must have been next. <laughs> I came after the good-looking guy. No, no, I walked up and... and uh, like, and that it, guy it, was it, handsome, but this guy's in, this and, guy's interesting. And, like, this is, <laughs> this is now well-known with uh, with with you, I think, is that I I have a thing for people that can speak well, like Henry Rollins. Like I have I have a mega crush on him. Um, but no, you were there, and you were wearing this um, button up shirt with a collar. I think it was black, um, like normal pants and like dress shoes or whatever, and this like leather jacket. Um, <laughs> And um, you got done, and I ended up speaking with um, a friend of ours who became a friend of ours. I don't... What's his name? Colin. Colin. Yeah, I spoke with Colin briefly, who's the president of the Speech and Debate Club. And um, I think that they didn't have a lot of ladies as part of the club, so anyone that like kind of showed interest was like attacked and mm-hmm. recruited. Um <laughs> And then he came over and chatted with me. It was really cool. And um, I was um, kind of fangirling a little bit at that moment, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What, what was it like for you when you came up? Or what was your experience of this? Your side. So Speech and Debate Society was really important to me at this time. I had never, ever gone up at Speaker's Corner. I was at a class and I had been at university for four years already and I had never ever gone to Speaker's Corner because I always had a class at that time on Thursdays and it always got out at 12.15 and by the time I got over there it was almost done. Mm-hmm. But didn't have a class this these Thursdays and my good friend Colin Horn had become the president of Speech and Debate Society. 
and this is important, Speech and Debate Society at the University of Calgary in that time has is filled with a lot of really powerful people these days. Some other people who got up there at the time were Benjamin Perrin. He was a he, he was one of the lawyers in Stephen Harper's cabinet mm-hmm. that when Stephen Harper was in going down in popular popular opinion, Ben Perrin released a whole bunch of information and was he basically ruined his pro, pro political career in order to release public documents. He's now teaching uh, on Vancouver Island. Shuvaloy Majumdar was also oh, yeah. in yeah. the Speech and Debate Society at that time, and he's now working in the Middle East, and he's glad-handing and speaking with a lot of really important people. And the only other girl that I can really <laughs> recall as being part of Speech and Debate Society was Mercedes Stevens, who's now with CTV and is in their political department. So these people were political and they were all wonderful speakers. They were great, mm-hmm. but none of them had what I thought needed to be presented at speech and debate <laughs> at the speaker's corner, which was hellfire and brimstone, <laughs> pastoral, deep South Baptist, um, screaming and ranting and pointing fingers. Yeah. And at this time, it was a liberal government, and the pro- progressive conservative party ha- was just gaining sway. And I had this brilliant idea, and that the ripe age of twenty or twenty-one said, "You know, mine is the voice that matters because that's how twenty-one-year-olds talk." Yeah. Uh, I got up and said that we've got great technology. Uh, we should all have oh, a yeah. say. We should all have some sort of electronic device that allows us to vote on referendums right, left, and center. And we should have our own voice heard. So you should get up at the ballot box. You should scratch out all the other names, write your own name in, and put an X beside that, and we will all be prime minister in a perfect egalitarian society. And I went nuts on this topic, haranguing people until my voice was raw. Why did I get up there? Why did I make that decision? I hadn't come to Speaker's Corner very often, but there was this short-haired, <laughs> she had black hair at black this hair, time. Black hair, yeah. These angular features, and she's wearing like a, a, a kid's youth from Zeller's t-shirt <laughs> with a bunch of nerdy stuff on it. <laughs> and she's wearing this black felt coat oh, yeah. and tight yeah. pants. And she's just like this intelligent look in her eye. And well, I had, I'm going to get up there. I'm going to hit her right in the brain. And she's standing there and my friend Colin elbows me and says, there's this girl and she's standing on the ground floor. And the only people who ever stand on the ground floor are people who are actually interested in being a speaker's corner. Like, And there's usually eight or nine people and they're all ones that want to get up and talk when they have, when somebody hops down off the podium Well, the one guy who was talking in a rather bumbled way, not really gentle, like people are walking by, no one cares to hear what this guy has to say. Mm -hmm. And there's this girl standing there and I, Colin elbows me, he's like, do it, go, go on up there, (laughs) say something or I'll do it. And I was like, well, there's no way I want to impress, I want Colin to be allowed the first impression on this girl. So as he I took think I half just step, arrived. Like oh, I literally yeah. like seconds before that. But it was the final impetus. You were the straw <laughs> oh, okay. that that, uh, that broke the back that led <laughs> me to you know push myself up onto stage. I 
clambered up under the podium. I ranted and I raved for five minutes until my voice was raw. <laughs> Hopped down. I don't even know what I said. I, I got a cut. I do, I, got, re- I do remember that it was about like individual, you know, yeah. representation via technology. Now that it was, it was, me. it was ridiculous. I hopped down and I have this crazed look in my eye. You were and, very intense back then. Oh, I still, well, yeah, no, that's definitely only lessened a little bit in time. I think it's mellowed. <laughs> Maybe. I think you've just gotten used to it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or that you dig it. Um, <laughs> so I hop down and immediately I, I move to talk to this pretty girl who's standing next to Colin. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, need, I want FaceTime with this girl. <laughs> and this guy walks up to me and he's sticking a card in my face and he's trying to tell me that he's from CBC Radio New Voices and he really, really was inspired by what I had to say and he wants me to come on down and do what is talk about what I just did on the radio and they're going to pay me to do it and I'm holding the card and looking at the girl and Colin who, who had a girlfriend but she was, she was going off to Victoria to learn to play the flute for one of the larger, you know, Victorian universities there. And he, he was a little, uh, a little interested in getting out of that relationship. I, I won't lie. I had a girlfriend at the time, too. But there was something about this girl. <laughs> it's, it's really weird because when you were speaking, I had this weird, like, and, and I'm not, I'm not a person that's like, I believe in weird fate. I don't. But in the moment, I actually thought, wow, this is the guy I'm going to marry. And I was like, no, no, no. That's a stupid thought. Because you don't think that and actually have it happen. And also have a boyfriend at the same time. Well, I just started dating a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's you, true. You had been dating a guy who was getting <laughs> well, consistently serious. Well, serious as in it was my first boyfriend in university and it was convenient. That's that that's what describes most of my boyfriends before Kyle was uh convenient. Even, even me. There's a <laughs> there's a convenience. convenience in yeah, probably. Yeah, you, yeah. you happen to be there. You're comfortable. <laughs> convenience. <laughs> So remember most about this whole thing is that Colin and I move off to one side and we're standing right next to each other. And Marie Claire moves up. Yeah. She's talking to both of us equally. She, and, and, and we're not too sure. Does she like him or does she like me? I, I want it to be me. But, you know, Colin's girlfriend is moving away and I have a steady girlfriend. I guess I will. And then out of nowhere, this skinny pretty girl with these wide eyes who's super intense very pale she smiles and she says what's that in your pocket yeah because i could see it in your pocket it was weird she reaches out into my leather coat reaches right into my pocket she's only heard my name 30 seconds before (laughs) this and heard me ranting and she's like, what that's what's that in your pocket? Reaches into my coat and pulls out my inhaler. She's like, I thought this was an inhaler. I have asthma too. Like, and then she puts it back in my pocket. This is like the start of a bad sitcom. <laughs> I, I don't know why I did that. Um, and I look over at Colin, and Colin looks at me, <laughs> and he has this defeated, disappointed <laughs> look on his face. And I'm like, that's right. She touched me first. 
she's mine now. <laughs> Dibs. <laughs> and over the next closed two years. Two years, yeah. We were the three of us just good friends. Because we found out right then and there that she was dating this guy named Alex. I had a girlfriend. Colin had a girlfriend. And while Colin's mm-hmm. girlfriend broke up less than three weeks later, and he made a concerted effort to date you. He invited me to everything. It was very <laughs> weird. He worked as hard as he could to date Marie Claire. And yeah. she showed him zero interest. He even went so far as to get her, you a job. Oh, yeah. No, he got me a job. Yeah. Like, this was courtship at its highest. He was getting her paid. He was doing all the work he possibly could do to get her in a position to be his girlfriend. I was around him every single day at lunch. Yeah. Because we worked in the same building with the same people. And (laughs) the rest of the people that worked there were 60 plus. And the problem was, is it backfired? Because all that time in Colin's presence... Every single moment was a tick down on that love meter. (laughs) If he'd just given her some time to establish some distance, everything would have been great. So I did what anyone who was in true love with someone could possibly do. I moved away to Japan. (laughs) I I needed to break up with my now fiancé. I was madly in love with this. Brown, this black haired, sometimes blue haired, <laughs> daredevil, uh, Deadpool loving woman. Yeah. And you loved comic books, especially that character. Yeah. She loved him so much. Uh, the person I saw the very last night I was in Canada was Marie Claire. Yeah, we were walking around Kensington. No, 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 no. Wasn't it? No, that's so what happened on the very last night. Uh, I was in Canada. It's fine. We we have a poor memory at this point. I mean, it's been so long. <laughs> was I was leaving the next morning for Japan. I was staying at my my fiance's place at the time, but I hadn't seen Marie Claire in like three days, and I really needed that fix of this person who I just adored. Uh, and I, you know, I, I was not a good boyfriend at this point because I, <laughs> I had feelings for someone else and didn't. I think I was really oblivious because I was like, you're with somebody. Exactly. You're, you're super oblivious. It was awesome. Yeah. And that was okay, too. So I'm at the dare. I, I'm at, I go down to the Dairy Queen. I just tell my fiance that I need to run out for a last minute errand. I go to the Dairy Queen. Marie Claire shows up at the Dairy Queen. We have like a 10 minute chat for me to say goodbye and then the next day I'm on a plane to to Japan and every day I was in Japan I was on MSN Messenger talking to Marie Claire well you didn't have internet for the first little while but as soon as you did yes every day I'm on MSN talking to Marie Claire and you subtly brought up and now now I see it as not so subtly oh you should come and visit me regularly <laughs> I well, I had a huge place I had this huge apartment in Japan nobody gets that sort of thing in Japan my apartment was 900 square feet I had three rooms yeah I had my own bedroom I had a room with a couch that you could put a TV in but I didn't have a TV because I was poor in Japan and then I had a kitchen and an ensuite bathroom like, I had more space than you than a per- like a, a family of six lives in the space I was living in by myself mm-hmm. in Japan and my friend, uh, Shane tells me he can't come. He's been planning for Golden Week, which is an entire week off, to come out to Japan, stay stay with me, we'll go, and I'll show him all the sights and sounds. And I not I had deliberately not booked any vacation time. 
I deliberately not set myself up to go anywhere mm-hmm. or to do anything um, over Golden Week knowing Shane was coming. And with two weeks to go, uh, it's now early April, actually. He tells me I, I can't make it on a shoestring budget. And he'd been just been playing me off the whole time, probably planning on not coming. No, all. it was it was more than that, wasn't it? Because yeah. I, I booked my flight like two months beforehand. Uh, okay, sure. March or April. Yeah, it was somewhere, somewhere in there. But yeah. you were going right into, and, and Golden Week is in May. Yeah, I was finishing up last, last month of school. But I'm talking to Marie Claire at the same time as I'm talking to Shane. And I'm like, hey, well, hey, do you want to come out to Japan? Mm. And I'm like, yes, but give me a minute. And I call my parents and I say, hey, I've got this really great offer. I've got a place to stay. Probably won't cost that much for like money. I just need money for tickets, flights to get there. And my mom's like, oh, that's a lot of money. Um, Sure, you've never traveled anywhere. And she gave me the money for the tickets and I ping him right back on MSN and I'm like, yep, yeah, uh, what day is work? <laughs> it's been seven minutes. Yeah. I'd ask like, him, like, are you you all interested in coming out to Japan? And she's like, hold on, let me look into it. And seven minutes later, she's like, oh, I booked tickets. I'm on my way. This is the, this is the right day. <laughs> I think you've already booked tickets. I was still dating Alex again. Yeah, you were, you were, you <laughs> no, were still we, dating someone. We yeah. were we were dating again. We had broken up, and I was dating him again. So why were you dating this guy twice? Um, what was it about him that led you to be interested in maybe him? Maybe he was just two times. Really convenient. Uh, no, I mean he <laughs> was like he was into geeky <laughs> stuff like video games and comic books and and all of that. And um, what really was the straw that broke the camel's back was. Um, he told me he had quit smoking and he had never quit smoking. He li- honestly lied for like, m- like years. Like it was just, it was just. But I know why yeah. you broke up with him. I just never understood why you, why you dated him again. Um, it was always strange to me. You broke up. You didn't like him. You really didn't <laughs> like his friends. Oh and, no, I didn't like his friends. And no. what led to the round two was always like. Again? That's what I found when I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm seeing Alex right now. So I knew, like, this girl was going to come out. There was nothing that happened. I have a fiance and she has a boyfriend. So everyone was kosher with her coming out. Because I had three rooms, the couch, and there was an extra Mm -hmm. futon. All this other stuff was perfectly fine. Situated great. I mean, like, he seemed like he had changed in some ways. Because now he was the CA of of a floor in res. And he had worked out some of his you know like he seemed to like know what he was doing he was less stressed out and he seemed to just kind of you know have his shit together a little bit more because I always had this like this barometer for dating people the minute that I didn't want to have children with them was like a oh I should just break up with you because there is no future in this so what is it you know and and that barometer came the first go around and then the second go around, I was like, well, you seem like you have your shit together. I'll consider it. Um, we'll date. And he was like very decent as a person to sleep with. <laughs> very decent. There you go. Like four out of five stars. <laughs> the, the podcast you listeners cannot see your face. Yeah, that's, oh, I'm that's a pretty solid Yelp review. There. I know, right? No, he was really <laughs> good. And, Yelp and, review. Like, you know, sometimes things are, are physical and that's okay. Mm-hmm. 
But we broke up again because he lied about smoking and, like, he would go so far as to, like, chew gum, like, all the time. And I didn't understand, like, and it was just, like, it was just a cover-up and it, it just made me, like, really question everything. And, um, not that I really, like, honestly, when I came out to Japan, I did not think that there was anything past friendship because you had a fiance and I was there as like this intruder who was like, I'm using this for a vacation and to see my good friend, Kyle. Yeah. So you were there for two weeks, two weeks. Yeah. And it, it was definitely bifurcated by two weeks because the first week she showed up, we were just great friends. Like it was a friendship the whole way through. We were, we hung out together. It was an easygoing time. We were very relaxed in each other's company. It was just a great friend uh, scenario the whole time and then on day 8 of the 14 days <laughs> things I, I've never heard that so what happened on day 8 because I've never heard it from your perspective uh, day 8 <laughs> uh, well like the setup in in because it it's still tatami mat type situation where you're staying in the same room and you would set up a like basically a tatami mat which are um, or like um like a what are they just like a futon basically but it's like wafer thin hmm. it's it is not very comfortable and you had this super duper blow up bed I had a nice queen sized inflatable mattress and I am selfish about sleep so I ended up sleeping in the same bed as you because that was more comfortable but I realized man I really like this guy I mean I, it, nothing's gonna happen and then we started. Like, I don't remember. We were watching a movie or something, and we ended up wrestling. Yeah. So what happened? Tell me. You tell, you tell the story. I know what I did. <laughs> um, and why I did it. But I want to know what, why you did what you did. Uh, you know, it was really just, like, I think physical in that, like, you're you attractive, and I wanted to, like, touch you more. And that's a great excuse to touch somebody more, is to... To pick a fight, tickle war slash wrestling with them. Okay. That's for the kids out there that, you know, want to <laughs> flirt. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't, I don't really remember it being like a hard flip of a switch. It was over the past, you know, eight days of being in Japan and being in constant company with you. Yeah. That I, you know... You know, it 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 turned. It wasn't like a like turning over a leaf. It was just growth of existing, or maybe recovery of of feelings. Because certainly, like friendship is like the basis. I think for any really good relationship mm -hmm. is is being able to say, well, you know, with your best friend, you can spend every waking moment with them and not get sick of them. And if you also happen to be physically attracted to them and want to schmooch, that's, that's like, that's the next level. That's, that's the nirvana of relationships, right? So how is do you, a, is that a question? So how do you remember it? <laughs> <laughs> so I, it was my first day back at work because I only got a week off, but she was there for two. Mm -hmm. So I was back to work, going to the office teaching English to my students and I'd introduced all of my students to Marie Claire and they were all curious 
because who is this new girl you had brought your fiance back in December and now you have this new other person <laughs> and they could tell because my I saw my students you know at least once a week and they all could see that this uh, there was some sort of different energy in my step that this other person brought out and my fiance when she'd come out in December we did really not much but fight and argue and not really see eye to eye on things so it's day eight I have a conversation with my fiance to let her know that uh, things are not going well with her and I. The other woman. Oh my god. And, and, and Marie, but Marie Claire is just a friend. <laughs> I want her to know that. Well, day eight, all of that changed. Um, so I got back and I had downloaded off of Kazaa or Morpheus or whatever one of those was torrents that's the only way you could watch TV in Japan and actually understand the words Which was we to, so there was a the the majestic with Jim Carrey oh yeah and it was this you know it was an all right kind of romantic comedy it was asleep. super boring <laughs> Marie Claire starts to fall asleep I, I, don't, I don't recall you actually falling asleep during the Majestic because about 40 minutes into the into the Majestic there's a scene with Jim Carrey and the girl and something happens they're like pushing each other around romantically and Marie Claire says to me I could take you I could I could pin you in a moment's notice wrestling and I was like I have three younger brothers and I weigh 30 pounds more than you there is no way and then, I remember that and she says, she says, I'm going to take you on. And she just starts wrestling me. <laughs> I don't remember this. You don't remember no. wrestling at all? No, I remember wrestling. I just don't remember why. You just oh, don't remember yeah. starting it. Because you start, it, it was weird. <laughs> I, I was so it. puzzled. Apparently I start things with you. That's, that's my thing. Yeah. You start and end things. Uh <laughs> Needless to say that 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 ended my 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 relationship with my fiance. Yeah, I called her the next day, and that proceeded poorly because she still had all my stuff. Mm. And, <laughs> and there's this girl who spent the next six days, and we were like, yeah, yeah it, it was, was like, like the, zero to one hundred in there. We were basically dating, like dating those, and living together. All of a sudden, yes. All those sly looks that you kind of share when you're friends—that you wonder was there meaning behind that? And then after first contact, <laughs> <laughs> those looks are still the same. But you're like the 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 meaning intended behind it is the yeah. is is explicit in the look. Well, and and it's an understanding you've broken through that like what does that look actually mean and that it actually means like it's a it's like a velvety layer cake medieve right that's really delicious and i pretty much followed her around like a lost puppy yeah with my like tongue all lolling out <laughs> and my big moist eyes staring at her everywhere i was like i was like handsome golem <laughs> <laughs> just just hoping for you know yeah not lembus loaf um I, yeah for some time with your precious I shaved your head yeah. too that was awesome so <laughs> all these crazy things happened to me this girl is there and has changed my perspective on life because oh, i intended room. to leave japan after a year and go to the middle east 
My friend Shuvaloy was already in the Middle East and he was telling me how much money he was making teaching English there and that it's a great opportunity for international relations to come back to Canada to build a career on. And I was like, this is the plan. And this girl came along and suddenly I'm looking back at the University of Calgary to try to get into a master's program for an English master's degree with no real desire to ever do that. I didn't want to do the reading and the writing involved in that process, but I'm still looking at it so I could be close to this girl again and then she breaks up with me <laughs> <laughs> like we tried to do like long distance for like a month and a half yeah and it was not convenient for her yeah. and it was not <laughs> fun for her and i yeah. told her we needed to talk less and just let it let it simmer on the back burner and come back and see what things would be like in September and she was super hot and heavy and it led to this horrible weekend where she met this really nice and very convenient fireman and that ended our relationship and I thought I never would speak to this woman ever <laughs> again in my entire life I thought I'm done I have lost what loves I have had because I just lost two women in a row, bang, bang, and had a despondent and very unhappy July and August. Then I returned back to the University of Calgary with my tail between my legs because I'd burned the Chuvaloy and the, uh, the UAE opportunity. So I decided, all right, I'll make a go of, be, you know, getting my master's degree in English. That's what I had, I had set. I'm going to do that. And I went back to the University of Calgary I think not to get a master's degree, but to find this woman and, and, uh, knew I was going to be living in res and rekindle. So we'd already talked. Yeah. About, like, we already talked res. about that. I was living in res, but I was like, I didn't want to ever see her ever again. But we saw each other in the first week when you got back. Saw each other. Yes. Yeah. We didn't talk. No, we didn't talk. But she was gorgeous. She, she had changed her hair color again. She had, um, lost some weight over the summer because you you I was had bulked out, up. I was working outside. Yeah, yeah. you had. She was tan and she had bulked up to be a sword fighter. Um, when she'd come to visit me in Japan, and she'd stopped doing that, and she was wearing this blue sarong style thing that hugged her figure really nicely, and I was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> really liked that person. Oh well, dated a whole bunch of other women, and then one of them was doing a lot of marijuana and pot and I don't respond very well to that and had a migraine for the very first time in my life. And I went to my roommates and said, do you have any Tylenol? And they're like, no, I'm sorry. We don't. I went to my SR. Do you have any Tylenol? No, I'm sorry. I don't went to my CA. I'm sorry. I don't. So I'm wandering around the floor going from second floor community assistant to the third floor community assistant. How did you in know residence. where I lived? And our names were all on oh, the doors yeah, they were. in the first month. Yeah. And I'm walking down the yeah. fourth floor and sure enough, three doors down from the CA on the fourth floor, I see the name Marie Claire. Well, no one else is going to have the name Marie Claire. I've never met another human being named Marie Claire. I've met a Marie Claude and a Marie Pierre, but I've never met another Marie Claire. Yeah. So I, I'm dying and there's, it's 10, it's like 9 30, 10 o'clock at night at this point. There's nothing open. So I knock on the door with like head and heart and hand. And she opens the door on this, pitiful scrawny 
very yellow face. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, hey. And I'm like, I'm so sorry to bother you. I rehearsed this in my head. There was no way I was going to get through it without scripting a a, a statement. (laughs) I'm so sorry to bother you. I don't know. didn't know where else to go. I've talked to every other person I know in residence, and I did not know very many people, so that was pretty true. Do you happen to have any Tylenol? And she says, yes. Yes, I do. Would you like to come in for a cup of tea? Yeah. 16 years later. Yeah. Um, I'm still there drinking tea. <laughs> you don't have tea very often. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the, yes. And I'm still providing you with medication regularly. Keeping, keeping you drugged. <laughs> keeping you drugged. No. Yeah, it was, that's a very good version of that. I, I don't know that I ever closed the door on you mentally. I just didn't like the long distance relationship and what it did to me. And that's why I needed the break. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. You were young. You were very young. We got married when you were 22 years yeah. old. 20, you were 20 I mean, years 20 old. Year, 20 years old. Yeah. And I knew enough no, about myself. 22 years old. No, 20 years old when we started dating. <laughs> I think that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, no, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't really knew, know what I wanted in that year until, until you came back. And I think that, I mean, we wouldn't be together if you didn't come back and, and give it a chance to say hi. No, I would have moved on. But yeah. I, I couldn't because at the end of the day, you were my first choice and have always been my last choice. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Any questions? He's supposed to be about love. <laughs> that that was a, a solid ending line. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing the story. <laughs> oh, thanks for asking us. That's that's the first time I've heard the entire tale. I've it's, heard bits and pieces. It's the whole tale, yeah. And like to me, even now, I still feel like we've been married for like only a couple of months. Like it doesn't feel like we've been together for the length and breadth of time and how much we've gone through with, you know, job losses and children and, you know, losing my parent and my, my dad and, you know, loss of grandparents and, and supporting each other through all of these ups and downs. But um, it still feels like it's new every day. I, that's because I wear masks. <laughs> <laughs> Pull out the Majora mask and just yeah. pop it on. Yeah. yeah. Totally no, you do wear hats though. Lots of hats. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Well, let's get some plugs in. Cool. Oh yeah. Kyle, you've got a, a podcast which is really good. I've been I've been following it since the beginning. Uh, I want you to let sure. people know. I uh, I started a Dungeons and Dragons, um, what are they, a curated podcast. So I do a lot of editing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have six different players around the table. We've been running. We put out every Wednesday at 12.01. Uh, we've been consistently going since August of last year. And this recent episode was our 25th. I'm really excited. Three weeks of regular Dungeons & Dragons. And then one week of hilarious Tavern Tales Jr., where I have a group of kids join me at the table and they take the reins and play the characters and I'm teaching them how to edit audio and teaching them how to play Dungeons and Dragons and problem solve. 
Uh, it's a lot of fun. Both games are... Uh, they give me meaning. They give a lot of meaning to my day to day life right now. Well, they're they're great games. They're great stories. And with the like, the the show is called Tavern Tales. Yep. And the the sort of premise behind it, I think, is really clever. That it's it's not supposed to be happening in real time. It's supposed to be people at a tavern telling the story of this, mm-hmm. and and the the players can earn these these bonus items that you can use to have somebody in the tavern pipe up and say, actually, I remember this differently and change the scene. Yeah, and yeah. so it gives more authorial ownership of the game to the player and also hopefully takes them back from their character. So if their character dies or something bad happens to their character, they have the authority to allow that to happen mm-hmm. because they've got these story moats, and I call them these filaments that hang in this in the air that catch your eye like J.J. Abrams lens flares <laughs> that allow this story to turn on its head. So if you got pushed off a cliff and you didn't want your character to get pushed off a cliff, you spend a story mount, pipe up, and some patron at the bar changes the story because they remember it differently. Yeah, didn't and we didn't you catch there. yourself on a vine and you didn't actually fall? Exactly. I, I remember that. <laughs> so that's that's the, the so some of the fun and we do take uh, a bit of twists and turns mm-hmm. um, I have a lot of my players play opposite sex characters mm-hmm. and we get to work through some of those pronoun issues that people generally have mm-hmm. with those sorts of things and I think it's really really important for everybody to play a character of a different sex in their life because you get some real quick un- understanding when uh, people refer to your character by the wrong pronoun it actually, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so funny you didn't you wouldn't think that, you know, that shouldn't bother you i made a simple mistake but when you're playing in the game it bothers you immediately because you're like no but i am this this is who i am in the game and that's what's yeah fun. uh and if this is coming out in february in late april early may here in calgary mm-hmm. i will be playing the uh, lead baritone role of Captain Corcoran in Morpheus Theater's production of Gilbert and Sullivan's HMS Pinafore at the Pump House Theater. Very nice. And funny that you're you're plugging episode 25 of Tavern Tales on episode 25 of the story I forgot. That, isn't that amazing? That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll definitely put links to uh, to the podcast as well as to the uh, the play information in the liner notes as well as around social media. And Mary Claire is getting into the podcasting game as well. Yeah, and I, I contribute to Tavern Tales as a player. Playing um, a guy. Playing a guy. I play Drayden Silverkin, um, which has been... I, this is the first male character I've ever played, so it's been really, really interesting. And I'm getting into the podcasting realm myself, not in an RPG setting, but um, sort of a chat radio type um, setup where um, I'm going to be dragging you in as occasional, maybe regular contributing co-host. Regular contributing co-host works. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I might do some on my own, but it's going to be specifically a Star Wars themed podcast uh, called What the Force, because I think that's really freaking funny (laughs) and um we're going to talk about all sorts of different things to do with star wars not just uh like what is going on the story that's being told and reactions to things like star wars rebels the movies etc but also um the fandom in general and what are some interesting places that the fandom has gone including 501st and you know rpgs and you know people who knit 
uh, Star Wars sweaters. <laughs> you know, where where are these people and what are they all about? And how can you maybe understand a little bit more about where the fandom has gone? I think it'll be really, really fun to talk about and to talk with these people as well. Well, in Star Wars, I mean... I can't really think of any other entertainment property that has had the cultural impact. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it would be difficult to make a podcast about something else, whereas Star Wars, I don't think we're ever going to run out of topics. No. Because we can always pick something. And not only is it, like, just the fandom that expands it with headcanon and with their own stories that they build and their own interesting things that they do. But also, you know, Lucasfilm is still making these stories, so it's going to continue. And it's and it's pervasive in that this is the first, um, I would say, multimedia, massive cultural event because you not only have the movies you have the books you have the comics you have the cartoon show and they all interlock together like a beautiful puzzle and so i'm really really interested in in exploring that and talking about it with not only you but also other people who uh want to kind of come and and Mm -hmm. share their side of it well i thought i was a, a star wars fan (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Star Wars. I, I thought I knew some stuff, but uh, we had a brief chat. Yeah, we, I, I have been. Uh, I have learned the difference between a casual fan and a super fan, so we'll, we'll be able to to look at it from from different eyes as well. Which, yeah. So we're not entirely sure when this is going to launch or when it's going to become. Uh, uh, I'm going to try to get it out. Well, I want to do a Rebels. Uh, recap leading up to the end of Rebels, mm-hmm. which is a, a big event within the Star Wars world. Um, so that I hope to get out before it starts up again, which is at kind of midway through February. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also want to kind of just start getting content out there and start having a conversation. So, um, so by the time you've listened to this, there will be an episode of What the Force already on the internet. Well, I, there, I really hope It's so, been yes. declared. I guess now it's canon. I know. It's now it's, now it's, it's canon. canon. <laughs> it's canon. Yeah. So we'll get the links for that as, as well into the liner notes. So watch for, for What the Force and we'll get that up and running as well. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us for this very special Valentine's Day edition of, uh, of A Story Not Forgotten. Thank you for sharing your story and for the, the sappy, lovey ending of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <laughs> give you a kiss Aww. now. Aww. I will accept it. <laughs> and thank everyone else for joining us and listening. And I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, make sure to head over to iTunes or the Google Play Store. Hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. And while you're there, we would really appreciate it if you'd give us a rating or a review. The more of those we have, the higher we'll appear in search results, allowing us to find more guests and bring more stories to more of you. Until next time, keep in mind, Everybody has a story to tell, and it's time to tell yours. Visit CapturingLegacies.com to get started. 